Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. Here I'm joined by an interesting soul for snacks and sometimes full-blown banquets. We share conversation and confessions, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, lush ones. That's January done for another year then. Thank you and goodbye, you twat. February's here and so is a fresh batch of fiercely brilliant hoovering guests. Starting right now with a cooking lady whose online recipes have had me obsessed for months. They're all so glorious and in my view and my mouth, she has a really amazing take on flavour. Um, without ever feeling like she's tried too hard or made her shit all wacky. It all just tastes so good. It's Zena Camgang. You might know her as Zena's Kitchen or from her work for Mop Kitchen. Before we get cracking, I want to shout out to my patrons. Thank you so much if you've stuck with me through what's already been such a weird, scary money time. I am beyond grateful. Also, welcome if you're a new one. Without Patreon, hoovering would be done for, basically, let alone getting better all the time. It's our lifeblood not to sound overly dramatic um but it is (laughs) and we've made it so flipping good on there now from as little as two pounds a month you get stuff like loads of totally exclusive content for example the hoovering's fifth birthday special party episode with a whole bunch of guests eating a bake-off star made special cake with my face on it that is going out any day now and it's just initially for patrons There are great recipes from guests, discounts to live shows and even early and ad-free access to each and every hoovering episode. If you've got any spare dosh, please can I implore you to consider getting on board? Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. I also need to invite you to some live stuff. In February, I'm at the Leicester Comedy Festival. I'm doing a hoovering live on the 18th in the afternoon with the mind-glowingly fun guests Glenn Moore and Amy Gledhill. 
I know, only have guests with glut in the name this year. We'll eat so much and laugh so much. Also, my show Wench has been extended thanks to it all selling out all the time. We're filming it in Bristol on the 29th of March, but that has sold out. Your last ever, ever chances to see it now are in London. It's at the Just for Laughs Festival at the O2 on the 4th of March at six o'clock. And then I'm back at the Soho Theatre. And I mean it, I'm never, ever doing it live again after these dates. 8th, 9th, 10th and 11th of March. I would love to have you there. Tickets for all those exciting things are available via my website, jessicafosterq.com. Okay, let's hoover. You are going to love this. It's funny, cheerful, revelatory, and she just gets it. She gets eating. So there's some sweet hacks and tips in here too. We met in the studio and I brought us lunch, which I'd made us from a few of her delish recipes. We're having, I've made your recipe of sun-dried tomato pesto pasta salad. That is... Fun to say. Um, with orzo, which I haven't had for ages and I love. So good. So good. Yeah. So I made it last night um, and I love aubergine. I'm afraid the only missing ingredient is courgettes. That's okay. They were stolen by my partner for another recipe. Yeah. <laughs> that's bad, isn't it, when that happens? But what can you do? There's, what can you do? And I put, yeah, there's loads of basil, basil. spinach, those pointy red peppers. That was specified, and mm. I've never made my own sun-dried tomato pesto, and that was fun. Fun, yeah, yeah. And I'm in a piece of piss. It's so easy, it's right? So easy, yeah. And then that's like, well, that's just there then for the week exactly. in a jar in the fridge, sorted, covered. And I feel one. so adult and chefy if I've made my own pesto. <laughs> I love that. And also, right, you nailed this, by the way. Oh, did I? Yeah, it tastes really good. <gasps> tastes like I remember. Thanks. All those, however many, what months ago? Yeah. That you invented it. Mm. Get in. Do you know why I feel especially badass? Because um, uh, the place that I bought the sun-dried tomatoes from, um, next to the jar of sun-dried tomatoes, was a jar of sun-dried tomato (laughs) pesto. (laughs) And I can't quite tell you that the internal machinations that it took for me not to go, just buy the ready-made pesto, you busy bitch. And I was like, no, make it. I'm glad you did. Thank you. But to be fair, it would it would work. I've made it yeah. myself with shop-bought pesto because it's not every day make your own pesto. Some Sometimes days you just don't have the time. Must. Yeah. So, you know. But having said that, it's a case of chopping some things and putting them in a whizzer and whizzing them into it. I mean, it's not like... Um, it's not there aren't um, intense technical skills required mm. for that bit. It's just knowing what to put in there. And you have nailed that bit. Thank I'm you. Going in for a big chomp. Same. I've been mm. going in. Mm. I did spoon a few bits in when I, when I <laughs> once I'd, straight after I'd made it, but it's actually lovely cold, isn't it? Mm. Oh, I fucking love a bit of juicy aubergine. Me too. I used to hate them though. Did you? Like, with a passion. Talk like, to with me. With a passion. It was. I don't think I started liking aubergines until. Maybe like three years ago. Really? But that is because I never properly cooked an aubergine. I have ruined several aubergines. It's in really my easy to do. And yeah. I think it's actually when you undercook them, because you know mm-hmm. they get like that weird sort of rubbery, like, yeah. Like, just, they feel it, like a they, shoe. They sometimes, yes, yeah, like a shoe. Like a shoe. Yeah. So well put, like mm-hmm. an orthopedic shoe. Yeah. Or they make me think of that stuff that in the olden days they'd put in um, on the on the floor of attics to insulate them a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a bit asbestosy. That kind yeah, of like dense like sponge. Spongy, yeah, mm. exactly that. Yeah. But when you take it long enough and it gets like nice and mushy and like juicy. Yeah. My favorite thing. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you are the cooking person, not me. <laughs> I'm the clown. But um, is it also a bit about not being too shy with whatever fat you're using? Because like, I th- well, oil generally. Because 
Because I, f- I know like everyone's big into their air fryer at the moment, but I mm. feel like there are some things, aubergine included, that need to be... Potatoes as well, like roast potatoes. Yeah. Like, don't dehydrate that. No. She needs to be juicy. She needs to be juicy. Yeah. But I do think... So like a potato will, for me, always need fat. Yeah. Because it will never be juicy or crispy or do any of the fun things that you want it to do without it. Aubergine, on the other hand, I'd actually say that it depends on how you prepare it. Right. So, for example, if you're doing like a whole roasted aubergine where it gets super juicy and jammy, because it has such a high moisture content, it will just automatically be juicy. But it's like that watery juiciness. So what it needs more than anything is like proper seasoning versus that. Whereas if you're like searing it or you're sort of cutting it into those little sort of chunks, that's where you want to get like loads of oil in there. Great. Infuse that with those of aromatics and it's delicious. Mm, mm. Um, your recipes are fit. They're so good. <laughs> I am, um, yeah. Like I found, I just, I, 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 I met you on the internet and was like, mm, yum, mm, yum, yum. Oh my god, look at that. Mm, yum. Every single one looks so fit, and Thank I've made you. some, and they're all lush. But also, I think the thing that blows me away, and maybe this is just a sign of the times, is you are prolific. You are releasing stuff into the internet all the time. How? Um, and I think by that question, I mean, what is your trajectory into this work? Um, uh, and like, was it just passion? Did you go to chef university? (laughs) Um, was, have you always been into cook, like cooking and eating and food? I have, I have. So let's, let me try and answer these. So yes, (laughs) I have always loved food. That's my speciality, by the way, is nine questions in one. (laughs) Take your time. And I will, I will answer all of them. Right. So I've always loved food. I think I started cooking when I was like seven. Yeah. And I will always remember the first thing I ever made, which isn't real cooking. I don't know if you guys remember those Tellman Jerry cupcakes with like those paper stickers on the top. Oh yeah. Amazing. And I thought I was like a a chef. (laughs) And then I sort of graduated from that. Um, but I don't think I got any good at cooking until I was about 17. So it was like right. a lot of years of really bad That's pretty food. young to get good at cooking. I mean, yes, but also when you've been cooking for that, at that point over a decade, it's yeah. a bit awkward that it took you that long to, to get there. But again, I was a child, so it's fine. Fair enough, yeah. Um, never went to sort of chefing at university, chefing no. school. I don't know, that exists. I think um, I've made it up anyway. But you got school, the gist. it does. Oh, okay, there we yeah. go. Formal training in a restaurant. Never did that. Um, I'm just like a massive nerd and I love food. And Mm -hmm. I just watched a lot of food TV. Shout out Jamie Oliver. Shout out Nigella. Shout out every single food network chef ever. um, Because they taught me so much. Um, And it was always just a passion. Like it was never, the the goal was never to make it full time, to make it what I do. Mm -hmm. I think I only started my started posting food on social media because everyone was bored of seeing food on my personal page. Right, right, they right. They just didn't want it. So <laughs> I was like a, at a weird sort of intersection in my life where I had been living in Cape Town uh-huh. and I moved back to London and I was going to then go and do my master's and I had this sort of like two months or just under two month period where I was like, oh, what do I do with my time? Um, yeah. I decided, I was like, well, I might as well just start posting food on Instagram. And so Same. what started as a sort of passion project Still is a passion product project, yeah. but it's um taking over a little bit more. Yeah, and I was gonna spend a lot of time on it. It's incredible. Yeah. And you do stuff with Mob Kitchen, is that right? I've spoken I to do. them before. So I, I formerly was a food producer right. at Mob. So I was there full time doing food content creation things okay. and recipe videos and all that fun stuff. And I loved it and it was yeah. great. Um but then I left Mob at I think it was at the end of October of last year. Uh-huh. Um, just it, I think it was just a t- the 
the right time to sure. do that. Um, so I'm still there kind of on a freelance basis on a fixed term project. I'm cool. now not chefing. I'm working on their content strategy because that's nice. a whole other thing. But um, okay. I still get to do all my creative cooking on my channels. So it's all good. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> what an amazing thorough answer. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm guessing you have to be really organized. Yes, mm. which is funny because... I feel like, so I'm 29, Mm -hmm. I feel like I look, my social media indicates that I'm very organized. Yeah. And I am, but that's that's like a recent development. Oh, nice. I think that like until about... What happened first, liking aubergines or becoming organized? (laughs) Liking aubergines. Okay, phew. (laughs) Maybe the things aren't coincidence. Um, Yeah, no, it was, I don't think it was until like, I've been doing food things probably i've had a food social media for five years i've been doing yeah. it seriously maybe for about a year yeah. but i only really started planning my content and organizing my content about three months ago two months ago it's a very it used to be very much like oh i fancy posting this and that's yeah, what yeah, i would yeah. do but now i have a whole schedule i yeah. balance i do all oh. those things but it took me a while oh i'm in awe <laughs> i can't i there are comedians who work like that and i am in awe of them but i have to have something occur to me to make comedy out of it i can't be like today you're making a funny story (laughs) luckily recently i was trying to write a joke that involved a bowden tankini and googling it to check it was a thing to like take the piss out of my own middle-agedness i googled it it was a thing five minutes later i'd bought a bowden tankini (laughs) which was shameful enough only to have a getting bullied for that next day i had a look well i thought well i'll get a screen grab of the tankini and tell the friend off who's bullying me and go, look how nice it is, actually. Turned out I just bought the pants. Oh. <laughs> um, so that's what's happened to me most recently, <laughs> that I have to wait for things like that to happen to me to create content. <laughs> Luckily, the pants have arrived, actually, and I did at least, I am organised enough to think and modern enough to think, don't open that, open it on social media. There you go. Finish the journey you began. There you go. If you're going to expose yourself as that sort of twit, make sure you've... <laughs> satisfy people with a conclusion to that tale always do it for the content um i think i think it's interesting isn't it not just planning like uh sort of existing as someone who's putting amazing recipes into the world and stuff like that but i think i really like planning i've been having lots of honest conversations with myself i think about why i think i might be a bit obsessed with planning what i'm going to eat in the course of a week i think so many people are yeah Hmm. i I wonder I, i i mean because there are times where i mean i know it's the age old thing i've been like you know, you're in the middle of dinner and you'll be talking about what you're going to do for breakfast, that kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I'll i clock myself with my missus sometimes at home, genuinely eating a meal and thinking, I want to ask whether if she's going to cook tomorrow, she can make sure she uses those sweet potatoes. But it's, I know it's psychotic to ask that while we're Is still it? eating this meal. Like, I feel like part of me should be able to stop and eat, enjoy what you're having. Not like, I feel like I'm never not five meals ahead. Mm. And I'm trying to work out whether it's, I mean, I sell it, I think, as the most acceptable version of things, which is <laughs> a real hatred of food waste. But I think what's really going on is like control. <laughs> Let's be honest. And a mild obsession. Uh, a, bit of, a bit of obsession control. And I think sometimes I still get this like, especially if I know I, like I'm going to be going somewhere where I'm not in control of mm. what I'll be eating, when I'll be eating, which happens. That's life and work. Mm. Um, I get a little bit of panic. I'm going to get hungry and not have enough. Not that I've ever been deprived by anyone on purpose, mm-hmm. but I think I think I spent 
lots of teenage years and 20s performatively eating less than I really wanted in public. Did you? And and it's so funny that you say this. I think to the first point about sort of constantly worrying about your next meal and wondering, Mm. are you going to be full enough? I don't know why, because I'm very blessed in that I never lacked as a child, but that was... We would like, I could go on a really fun like play date or even be traveling and be doing all these cool things. I'm like, but when's my, where's the food? Like, mm-hmm. how, do I know that I'm going to be fed? What am I? It was a constant yeah. state of panic. And then as, of course, I think as a result of being a, then a really big kid and then trying to you know transition into teenage years, mm-hmm. it was a lot of that where you just had sort of eating less than you wanted to because you're in public or changing what you were eating like yeah. going for the salad instead of the burger when all yeah. I wanted was the burger but I'm gonna eat the salad a lot of that and I think it wasn't until I think I'm still I think like most I was about to say most women like no, a I, lot of people I think I'm I think still, it's still I think it's more the, the women doing thing. this podcast it's women more than men still by miles right? just trying to like get yeah. get into like a healthy relationship with food yes yeah. Is great because of what I do, but also I'm always consuming food, whether physically, yeah, yeah. not physically, but like on social media, yeah. getting ideas. Like if anyone that lives in my brain, it's like at, at any one time I'm thinking of content. I'm thinking of not just food in terms of how it's going to taste, but how it's going to look. That's just yeah. always constantly just on my mind. And yeah. when I think of like planning ahead, like you, I'm thinking I'm having a meal today. I'm thinking about what I'm going to film at the weekend because I film at the weekends. Yeah. But I can't plan it too rigidly because at the end of the day, it's always about what I feel like in the day. So in the mm-hmm. week, I'll sort of have a compilation of ideas that come to me. And then the day before, so on the Friday, I'll be like, oh, what's really sort of grabbing my attention? And that's yeah. what I'll end up filming. So there's, it's like planning, but like with a hint of still being able to do what you want to do. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's like finding that balance, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it's amazing to hear. Yeah. And you forget, I suppose, yeah, when it's your work, like it's, ev- it's no hiding from it. It's... Like, well, it's it, everybody's got no hiding from it because everybody needs to eat every single day mm-hmm. at several points. But also, I think if part of that as well is like, if it's part of your work in any capacity, if you're feeding other people, if you're responsible for mm-hmm. that, like, it's you, you've got a lot of plates spinning at any one time. And it, it takes, I think, a madly extraordinary amount of effort to be even... 25% chill <laughs> and intuitive <laughs> and like we'll just do let's just see what it's like mm. I think I've had that highlighted but I think because my partner is so like you know you'll go what are you going to have for dinner and they'll be like oh, I'll probably I'll think about it later you're like right. <gasps> what <laughs> <laughs> what if the thing you want isn't there but that obsession for me also means I kind of have to pop I got a friend I met up with a friend I hadn't seen for a couple of years yesterday briefly and um just so I was saying goodbye, I was like, I said to my son, like, oh, actually, we just need to go and get some berries. And like, we need to get like three things in that Sainsbury's. And she was like, every time I see you, she's telling, every time I see you, you always pop it to get just a few things. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But like most days there is like, I'm in the supermarket. It's, it's Same. also, a su- oh yeah. Same. And okay. like, the, you know, I feel like there's two, two types of people, people who like, and I should be more like this, but I'm not. People who will make do with what they have right yeah. at home and you'll make it work doesn't really matter what the recipe is you will make it work whereas for me if i have all the veg in the world at home but i decide i want to make a chicken curry yeah i'm gonna go out and get what i need need to make that chicken curry yeah the veg will wait it's 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 not obsessive but it's we're focused yeah. we're, fo- we're focused. Goal- maybe there we're we like go. goal focused i think that's how like a ca ceo would call it i think we're just like goal yeah like we like we go we start to finishes and goal focused okay great we've made it feminist mm. um 
Well, well I, yeah, I, I mentioned an obsession with food waste. I've been having some really, I think, and I'm the only person in my house who cares about food waste. Okay. So other people are constantly leaving things for me <laughs> to to end to to, to finish. Mm. Um, it's breakfast. I think mm. breakfast is the one time I think where most people need to have some sort of routine, or they're like either a savoury person or a sweet mm. person. Um, and I can I can go well. I'll just uh, I'll just have that last piece of that chickpea pie with a phyllo pastry top, <laughs> right? If needs be, mm. even at nine a.m. But only if I'm hungry by then. Fair. I have a new breakfast obsession. Yes, which is just dry muesli, and I take out all the dried fruit and I just eat the dried muesli. And I have like two bowls of it, and I post it on my stories. <laughs> okay, and I got so many replies being like serial killer but sure but i there's something about the really dry oats and nuts in the morning that just like you want that i just want it you I, like that i don't know why amazing yeah. i love it they've picked all the little bits of fruit out they yeah. can get out my sister eats them and they're for her what a great team yeah. teamwork makes i have work. always found those bits of fruit annoying but also what are yeah. they dates okay oh, so the, that's why buy, they're it's, annoying it's not nice no one Living has ever wanted dates wreck drunk. everything exactly. poor vegans <laughs> It is in everything, isn't it? It's pretend sugar. Exactly. It's still sugar. Exactly. It, you've just marketed it as a, a wellness item. Exactly. Oh, I think rate, dates are overrated. They are. I agree. Um, yeah, I'm sorry you got hate for that. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Each to their own a bit with that. I get mm. people very upset with me on this podcast when I'm rude about savoury porridge. Not savoury porridge, I should say salted porridge, plain salted porridge. I have um, made a savoury porridge with like spices and like mm. and that was incredible I don't know why that isn't more of a thing I think that's going to have its time you know like things have their time mm. like there were burritos and there's jackfruit yeah. and uh, and like I don't know everywhere's tacos now yep. there was loaded fries like everything has its time mm-hmm. I think savoury porridge is going to have its time I didn't even know it was a thing until <gasps> right now oh genuinely so Andy Oliver told me about it okay so that makes it cool as shit <laughs> straight off the bat um, yeah, I mean, basically, oh God, I can't remember the rest of it. I'm going to find one and link it to this in the notes of this podcast. But um, yeah, I made one for a Patreon thing. Turmeric, those kind of like, mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, heat spicy. It was like unctuous, earthy. spicy, earthy. Yeah. Yeah. Smoky, earthy. Yeah. Like spinach through it. And then I think there might have been some like roasted crunchy chickpea business. On Ooh. The yeah. Now that sounds really good. Yeah. It's texturally a bit to get your head around but as long as there's something crunchy to go with it mm. that makes a lot of sense because I don't like porridge purely because it's mush like yeah. texturally I, it doesn't do it for me but that with the sort of crispy element sounds delightful okay yeah well I was so sceptical and I ended up being like well this is delicious it still looked like shit let's be clear and that's important for you. <laughs> I think you'd have to find something pretty to pop on the roof <laughs> this what we're having today this also business is like the most colourful thing I feel like I've eaten all winter <laughs> it's all Love going that. on so many colours. I love yeah. eating the rainbow. It I makes it so much more rainbow. fun and healthy and nutritious. And I find the whole rainbow delish anyway. Exactly. It is. Like, I love beige food, but I also just love mm-hmm. all food. Food's great. Yeah. How, this Because this feels like the, maybe the most like springy or summery thing I've eaten for a while. Would you say you eat differently at different times of year? Yes. Really? I definitely eat different. I think I'm very, I think, well, we love talking about the weather, but I'm very reactive to temperature. Mm-hmm. So unlike most people... I first of all love the cold. I thrive in winter. Like love I, it. I love, I love a wintry, snowy, cold moment, and I love really heavy, comforting mm. foods in winter, but with loads of vibrancy still. Because yeah. I, I think that it can, it can get so stodgy and heavy that 
for me in winter, I cook with loads more acid and citrus and loads of fresh herbs just to keep it still really nice and fresh. Because I think you can do indulgent and comforting, but also really fresh. And so even my winter recipes are heavier, but they are very zingy and vibrant. And then when it comes to summer, I get hot. I sweat all the time. Mm -hmm. And anything that I eat that will be conducive to more sweating, I will not eat. So fine, fine. I think last year, um, one thing that I did on social media, I, well, I had loads of salads and whatever, but I also had a series, a no cook pasta sauce series where mm. the concept was as your pasta cooks, the sauce is like a non-cooked thing. So like, for example, nice. there was like a creamy sun-dried tomato harissa situation where you just <sighs> sort of throw in sun-dried tomatoes, mascarpone, cheese, oh. harissa in a blender and boom. Or like Yummy. ricotta, lemon, parmesan, really mm. simple, fresh, easy. That's very much how I eat in the summer. Yes. Love it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Wonderfuls. I'm interrupting my own podcast to share some of your brilliant responses that you've sent into the podcast when I asked you the question, have you ever eaten food meant for a pet or has a pet ever eaten your food? We got so many messages. I really loved hearing your stories. Um, we haven't got time to share them all. Some of my favourites. Um, right. This is the first time you're hearing this one. This is a voice note um, from Isabel in Manchester. So our dog, Sadie, she's she's really good around food. She doesn't really take anything unless she's given permission, which is really great. But it does mean we've become quite blasé about what we leave around the house at sort of dog height. Mm. Anyway, that's how we found out that our friend's greyhound, Finn, he's got a real taste for Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Finn. Do you know what? I think that story makes me think... Th- that maybe people who believe in reincarnation are right. Do you know what I mean? Because you get 
you get the impression, don't you, that maybe Finn the Greyhound is somebody's Auntie Linda in the next life. Anyway, um, we also got this amazing message from Heather in North Wales. Um, It says, in answer to your question, my cat once came home with a chicken breast with stuffing and covered in gravy that she'd stolen from a neighbour's Sunday roast. Cheeky titch, cheeky titch, she's written. Um, That's brilliant, isn't it? Not just any old scrap of scraggly old meat. She's gone for it. One with all the trimmings. Classic cat, actually, isn't it? To insist on it being part of the perfect whole meal. Um, Lucy on Instagram. um, Oh, God, this is a big one, right? Okay, buckle in. This one, it took me on a journey, okay? (sighs) Right. Our greyhound, Lucky. Now, at this point, I'm interrupting Lucy's message to say, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the best name for this this dog. (laughs) Okay. Our greyhound Lucky scoffed mince pies. Mince pies contain raisins, which are toxic for dogs. So this Christmas was overshadowed by him being hospitalised for four days on a trip to flush out his kidneys and him coming home with a stomach ulcer, spending the week between Christmas and New Year, vomiting and pooing blood all over the living room floor. Fuck! She adds... Mince pies are now banned in our house forever. (laughs) Yeah, I don't doubt it. Um, I do need to make it really clear Lucky survived this incident. Lucky's fine. And actually, maybe the name Lucky is apt um, because Lucky made it through after what sounds like a fucking horrific reaction to a mince pie. Oh, my word. Um, Well, and actually, I guess it depends on the dog as to how toxic those... Um, raisins and stuff like that are because the last one um, here is um, from at Fergal 29 who tells me that in their childhood at one point one Christmas their dog ate half the undecorated Christmas cake but how good is this that year her mum just sliced off the chewed side (laughs) a woman after my own heart sliced off the chewed side and decorated the cake that year with a Santa on skis going down the slope. I love it. Waste not. Absolutely bloody waste not, want not there from at Fogel29's mum. They've added in brackets, in those days we didn't know that dried fruit was toxic to dogs. Luckily she was fine. Really nice. Glad I got that disclaimer. I don't want any stories about dead animals on this podcast this is a lovely podcast thank you very much um wow do you know what i i thought there'd be more um people who'd eaten the animal food and it turns out no animals win at eating our food they definitely eat more of our food than we eat of their food also before i sign off from this little bit i do i also got a message from somebody um saying that they wanted to know after my miracle berries episode with luke mcqueen which they really loved thank you for saying that um they said what a cool experience to to listen to two people having thank you that's exactly what i was going for they wanted to know whether i was still able to enjoy my peruvian meal that evening and you know what i wasn't but it wasn't the miracle berry's fault it's because i ordered a crap thing i was so annoyed i had a lovely peruvian cocktail but um well i can't remember what it was but it tasted nice and it got me tipsy lovely but i had a gross dinner we accidentally ordered this cauliflower thing that turned out to be an entire head of boiled watery cauliflower with wait for it like a thick sort of almost bitter savory wait for it chocolate sauce 
all over it. And that we just sort of hacked sort of miserably away at that. Um, so I almost wish the Miracle Berries were still distorting my flavour buds, actually, to be honest. Guys, you have excelled yourselves here. Plenty more responses to that question to giggle at in the next episode. Keep an eye on at the Hoovering Pod on Instagram and Twitter as new questions for you to answer are cropping up all the time. <laughs> right, let's return to the podcast. Do you salt? Are you salt mouth? A sugar, a sugar tooth. I don't. Neither of those are phrases anyone uses. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I'm a salt mouth. Yeah, me too. And I want a hoodie that says that. I am. Yeah, salt I'm a mouth. salt tooth. Salt yeah, tooth, for sure. Yeah. Um, always starter main versus main dessert. Me Easy too. All day. Yeah, starters is my puddings. Yeah. <laughs> um, and do you think there's anything that you believe should be eaten in a ritualistic way? Let me give that some thought because I'm very particular about, really? about a lot of things so there has to it. okay actually yes oh mm. my gosh oh my gosh yes okay. i could in fact i could have a whole podcast on this <laughs> toast i okay. am weird so my toast i don't really eat toast very much we never have bread in the house trying to be healthy blah Ooh, blah well. blah but if if i'm having white bread like mm. white bread toast i will toast it until it's nice and brown butter goes on immediately when it's hot so yep. it melts in and almost gets like mushy but crunchy at the bottom perfect if I'm having brown bread toast, which I really do enjoy, I have to toast it, let it cool fully, right. and then I can put butter on it because I want a distinct layer of sort of cold butter on cold toast because when it melts into brown bread, I hate it. Wow. That's something quite specific. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I love <laughs> it when words like hate come out. Oh, I, and I mean it. Yeah. Like I will not have a hot brown buttered toast. I can't. I mean, I can. Mate, you're not going to catch me offering you it. I've heard you. <laughs> And I've accepted what you've said. Um, <laughs> God, that's interesting, isn't it? I'm, yeah. God, I go through phases with it. I'm quite fickle. Yeah? Yeah, I think kind of as a general rule, I, I run. When you hear the pop of the toaster, like speeders of the essence, mm. I want the butter on it pretty soon. But I think what's happened over the years is I use so much butter that you get your sinky any business, but still a visible layer. <laughs> if, you have, yeah, if you have a big enough shard on there, you get the sinky any stuff, but then also still that that little bit. Yeah, it doesn't. It can't be too much, otherwise you do gip. But there, there's there's something about that like millimeter of mm. visible give of yeah. actual butter that is so oh. good. Good. I also like your term, the sinky any bit. I'm gonna. Yeah, use that. I think yeah. that's a science. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. phrase. <laughs> Pulled that directly from um, GCSE chemistry. <laughs> Sinky any bit. Um, yeah, I, it's a funny one, isn't it? I um, uh, yeah, I don't think there's ever a bad time for toast, but I also go through long patches of not having it. I mm. I don't have any. I, too, I don't give many shits about the the health side of it for me, but I just think actually it's a. Uh, Again, promise. Maybe this is really boring. I feel like it boils back down to that bloody food waste thing. Whereas, yeah. like, so we get like a loaf of bread delivered every week, and on day one, everybody wants it. Yeah. As soon as it arrives, cut the bum off. I, I eat that with some visible butter, but not toasted. <laughs> yeah. But then by day two, no one, everyone else wants soft bread, or like my right. f- household prefer like a, you know, from in a bag soft bread yeah. that lasts for way longer. But mm-hmm. I'm. I'm the one chipping away at the increasingly solid brick. And then it just needs more and more toasting. But then there comes mm. past a point of no return where actually it's gone so hard. You don't, you don't, um, 
don't really need much toasting. It's pretty arid. I have a tip for you. Yes. Oh my God. If you take a loaf of bread that has gotten to the stage where only you and your household yeah. are eating it, it's a little stale, run it under a tap, like <gasps> literally underwater, so it gets wet all over, like yeah. out the outside, not the inside. Wrap it in foil or don't, but then pop it into like a 180 oven for like 10 minutes. It comes out like super crisp on the outside, fluffy in the middle, like fresh bread. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Game changer, genuinely. Oh my God, I think you've just changed my life. <laughs> Thank you, mate. But just don't tell your family so you can still get yeah, all the fresh yeah, bread yeah. and that's all yours. Because <laughs> the other classics were always like a bread and butter pudding. Mm-hmm. Who cares? What century are we in? Yeah. Um, although I'm sure you can get delicious modern versions. And my Auntie Barbara makes a lovely one. <laughs> uh, or the other thing I sometimes do is um, whiz the prick up in the Nutribullet, get it in a plastic bag, freezer, and then yep. you've got breadcrumbs for next time you're crumbing something with bread. There you go. Yeah, it <laughs> took me ages to get that sentence out, didn't it? It's got stuck, got stuck, <laughs> much like a breadcrumb might. Have you ever made a, a ribolita? Never heard the word. So that is, I want to say Tuscan, but I might be wrong. It's a Italian. Mm. It's kind of like a hearty where you use leftover bread and it sort of gets layered with like a vegetable heavy brothy situation that softens it up and you sort of bake it all together and it's a great way to make use of really stale bread as well. That sounds incredible so yeah. you'd kind of use it like you'd use a layer of pasta it sounds like a kind bread of, lasagna yeah. yeah 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 what's it called again ribolita ribolita mm. ribolita <laughs> um incredible um talk to me about eating growing up my so my mum cooked for us mainly. Mm. My dad here and there. Uh, siblings. Both, sorry, have you got siblings? I've got two younger sisters. Sorry, I had a mouthful. No, I you're said fine. That. Two two younger sisters. People often assume I'm an only child, which is mildly insulting because I don't know what that means. But no, I have. I'm, I'm an only child, and I'm afraid it means shit sharer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not great at sharing, especially not food. If I share my food with you, I really love you. Okay, because it's. It goes against my instinct. But um, no, my mum was was and is a great cook. Great. Um, and she made great food. I always say that we were... So my mum's Nigerian. Mm-hmm. My dad's Cameroonian. We grew up here. But we were never a salt and pepper household. Uh-huh. Like we very much... My parents are African. So there was always a lot of seasoning involved. Not necessarily spice, but it was very flavorful food. So Gosh. like um, actually someone asked me this yesterday. I did a sort of ask me anything on my stories. I've never made a Sunday roast. We have never had a Sunday roast at our house. It's always always like a chicken stew, Nigerian style, uh-huh. or like jar fries or something that to me was a little bit more spiceful. Mm. Um, uh, but I was also really picky as a kid. Right. I was uh, annoying. I didn't, my mum would make all these really delicious, like she'd make like a, like a soy glazed <laughs> salmon. I'd be like, oh, I just want chicken nuggets. Like I, and she would, Go through all these like fat. Like I can she tell by me. the way you're saying it that you've come full circle, though. Do you know what I mean? Like I that have. thing. The amount of people I talk to who are like, "Oh my god," as a kid, I was I threw so much shade on such great food. Honestly, yeah. my, my, no. She, my mum did great, and I was not appreciative. But okay. we've come a long way. Yeah, and now she gets to eat all my delicious food. So, oh, I love it. Yay! Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We still live nearby and still eat together. Oh, I live in her hat. In oh their house. yes, please. <laughs> so, Just some modern yeah. way. It was always, I think I made things unnecessarily difficult. Because again, like I said, I never, it was never a problem. It was always just this weird, I'm just constantly thinking about my food and I want to know what is going to go into my mouth next. And when I didn't know, that was a problem. Like if I was at home and I had a school routine, whatever, fine. But summer holidays, I don't know what I'm eating. What am I doing? Am I going to the park? Great. But then when am I going to have my sandwich? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this weird anxiety. 
And was it, but did it start with like, I think sometimes I've had, I have also experienced that, but I wonder whether mine comes from a place of being like, as soon as I hit puberty, or even a bit before, because I was a big kid, um, I would I would wake up and be like, I'm going to try not to eat today. And that, I now know that's a disordered relationship mm. with eating. But that desire to like, kind of wake up and go, see how little you can eat today, mm. and, and and maybe get thin. <laughs> um it well, it just led to being obsessed with food all day. Um, mm. you know, now I look back on a lifetime, well, half a life, thank God, only uh, spent on diets, kind of, you know, and you lose weight and you restrict and then you binge and whatever. And mm. it's in this cycle, it's kind of, well, ultimately, definitively pointless cycle mm. of misery. You look back, I look back at that and go, well, of course you're obsessed with food because you're obsessed with, it, it was a try to avoid it. Yeah. That, that meant I was like, <gasps> where, where am I going to get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, yours makes sense though. Right. I didn't have that. I yeah. wasn't trying to restrict. I was eating what I wanted when I wanted. And Great. I still wanted to know when yeah, yeah, that was yeah. going to be. It was. It's I, a primal it drive. Sense. Maybe it's just this prime. We are designed as humans mm. to have that high up our priorities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I was just you know more evolved than most as a child. Exactly. I yeah, think very skin. advanced. <laughs> yeah, very advanced. Um, yeah, I can say the same about my seven year old. And well, not to get too deep, but I think my parents and we've talked about this yeah. now that I'm an adult. Especially my mum. I don't think when I g- grew up, they had as much of an understanding of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Like when I look back at how I ate as a child. So mm-hmm. I was a kid who, by the age of five, I'd graduated from a like a McDonald's Happy Meal to a Big Mac. I was a five year old <laughs> Big Mac, yeah, large meal consumer. Yeah, and I went to McDonald's too. twice a week. Right. Every day after school, I had a giant, and I mean like the size of my face, glazed donut plus a packet of salt and vinegar crisps, the big ones. And that yeah. was just the norm. Yeah. I didn't really want to eat my vegetables, therefore I didn't really eat vegetables. Yeah. I think that I was allowed to do so much because my parents didn't really get it. It wasn't yeah, until it yeah. was a, I was bigger and a bit too late. They were like, oh, wait, we might have messed up here because <laughs> she we've like bred some really unhealthy habits. So... I think you're winning. Feels anachronistic sometimes to be like all up on our parents for some of the stuff that we just. Also, they had this idea of when I was great. You're, I'm. I've got a decade on you, but um, when I was a kid, it, fat was the bad thing. Mm. We go everything had to be low fat. Now yep. we know we really need fats in mm-hmm. our diets, especially mixed with other types of nutrition. Um, I think we're still learning why kids like crave carbs and sh- like sugars, like in the way that they do. And I don't think. But I am grateful that I've got a kid who will eat anything. Like he mm. loves eating enough that, of course, he is always asking for an ice cream and all. Always wants those things, and often getting them. But he also, at least, he also gets this rainbow. Good across a week, for <laughs> sure as well. Um, especially if he's made it. That's been a new thing. Well, he's only old enough, I guess, to really properly help. But mm. like at Christmas, I realised, well, you can chop stuff now. Mm. Like, this is amazing. It's like actual <laughs> genuinely useful sous chef that can like chop stuff, run and get, knows what it is, you know, and can read. So you can go like, well, can you go and get me the, the um, plum cherry tomatoes in the fridge? Right. And like, and actually if he's had a hand in it, so on Saturday he, with my missus, made a vegetable lasagna. Mm. They had like a hundred different veggies in it. Because he chopped them all, he was like, this is delicious. <laughs> like, well, this is it. You just need to... Get them involved. Yeah, play on their ego. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Quick fire questions. Crisps or cake? Crisps. Tell me about a food that you won as a prize. A giant, a giant, and I mean giant, it was like three kilos worth of parmesan. It was like 
what huge yeah. tell me what competition was this it wasn't well I just had to go up and sort of do a demo and they gave oh, a giant sort of wedge in. of parmesan yeah it was actually really I had to give it to a lot of people it's just it's too can't get it's too much it also didn't fit like you know how like you're anyway yeah it's now getting too long giant wedge of parmesan giant wedge of parmesan yeah. um, um, most futuristic thing you've ever eaten oh I went to um, I don't actually know what it was it was I was at a Nigerian restaurant called Ikoyi in London mm. and it was some version of a seafood mousse situation in a ball, I didn't know what it was, but it was delicious. I couldn't recognize it. I couldn't tell you what meat it was. I couldn't tell you how it was cooked, but it was delicious. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I want to go there. Do it's very good. Oh, is it? What bit of London's it in? Uh, Strand. Oh! 180. Oh, my God. Yes, please. <laughs> is it no other option? Would you eat a person? No. Okay. That's quite a quick <laughs> answer. Um, <laughs> At that point, Even like, in... like just... Uh, I'm ready to go to heaven. It's cool. Okay. It's fine. Okay, okay, yeah. okay got yeah. it. And um, five second rule, yes or no? Yes. Oh my God, like 20 seconds. It's fine. Hangover, what are you having? I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the big then question. Andrew Tate buys LinkedIn and creates the most annoying data-wielding cy- cyber mega-weapon headed by the worst possible human mega-weapon. It's like water poisoning, except it uses the internet to do the poisoning to our hearts. It's the worst. Everyone starts becoming the absolute most shittest boys and or headhunted for jobs in recruitment. But (laughs) luckily, it's agreed to go back and never had existed, this whole thing, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, agreed to do the taxes for 4,409 self-employed people with 91 jobs each, all whilst balancing up the top of a quite a thin stick on a windy day. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. Your reward uh, is the adulation of all people for all time. So you've gone down in history as a goddess, right? Because you've right. saved us all from Andrew Tate's LinkedIn apocalypse. <laughs> sure. But you're a ward in the moment. And bear in mind, you are starving um, because of being at, balancing up that stick all the time and doing all that maths. Right. Um, your reward in the moment is a feast of your dreams. This is a fantasy. Okay. So I am starting off with some kind of pork and prawn wonton dumpling situation with lots and lots of chili oil, but also lots of black vinegar. That is course number one. Course number two, chicken wings. I would like some fried chicken wings tossed in a very spicy buffalo sauce with some blue cheese dressing on the side. Yeah. At this point, a little bit of a break. Okay. Just like a little, you know. Yeah, you can pop to the Maldives for all I care, babe. Oh, there we go. Then in in fact, I'm in the Maldives for 24 hours. Then we come back. Okay. Next up is pasta. Mm. My favorite, all-time favorite pasta is a tomato and basil pasta. I will have that. Simple, easy, super delicious, lots of parmesan. Then maybe a steak. Okay. How's I love coming? a steak. Um, medium rare. Okay. With peppercorn sauce on the side. Mm. Actually, preferably a hawksmoor steak. I had a good, really good one recently that mm. changed my life. That I've was really good. Once and it was really I've only been once and it was very, very good. Um, and then to finish, a strawberry tiramisu because it's one of my favourite things. Ever. Shut up, never heard of it. Oh my God, I have a recipe. I will send you the recipe. <gasps> Thank you very much. So and I think that with that, my meal is done. You've smashed it. You've absolutely smashed it. <laughs> I'm so full, but now so hungry. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, mate, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Hoovering Podcast. 
She's such a star. What a delight that one was. Follow her at Zena's Kitchen. Z-E-N-A-S Kitchen. One word. There are links to her channels on there um, where all her recipes live, basically, and I'm yet to find a dud. She's just brilliant. Come and see Hoovering live at the Leicester Comedy Festival on the 18th of February at three o'clock when I'll be joined by Glenmore and Amy Gledhill. Yes, fucking please. And why not come in March to see the last ever, ever, ever performances of Wench in London um, at the Soho Theatre, 8th to the 11th of March. Come, come, come. Tickets to everything, as per, are on my website, jessicafosterq.com. Follow us on social media at The Hoovering Pod. I'm on at Jessica Fosterkew. Send us voice notes, pictures, WhatsApps to 07462855271. Email us, thehooveringpod at gmail.com. I'll be storing all your beautiful offerings up and discussing them in future episodes. Keep an eye on our social media for any specific questions and topics that we'll be asking you to contact us about. Links to everything interesting mentioned today are, as ever, in the podcast notes. Hoovering is presented and created by me, Jessica Fosterkew. The music is by Jake Yap, and it was produced by Laura Grimshaw. Until in two weeks, happy hoovering. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.